First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome to the December 4th edition of the PFF Forecast. I'm George. I've got Brad and Ben. We are going to break down, really, there were two big games this week. The Niners, um, it was was very sad to see Jimmy Garoppolo go down, but they ended up winning. So we're going to talk about what the future holds for the Niners without Brock Purdy. Can they actually do anything? Is that possible? Or sorry, without Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, And uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, they beat the Chiefs despite us betting on them that's very sad but we're going to talk about how real are the cincinnati Bengals, and then of course we're going to guess the week 14 lines and our best early bets let's rock What is up to all the members of the printing press joining us live or listening to us afterwards. Uh, Brad is, is coming to us live from a hotel in Nashville. I'm live from a hotel in Arlington, Texas. Uh, and Ben Brown is the only person that is enjoying the comforts uh, of his own home. Um, I, I got a, a story for you guys. You know, if you go to, I, I went to the first half of the, the Dallas Cowboys uh, Indianapolis Colts game. And um, the thing that I was most interested in, was what was going to be the weirdest jersey that I saw? Because you go to you know you go to a Cowboys game, you're going to expect to see some some interesting people. Um, it, it's between these two. I saw a Terrell Owens jersey, but an Eagles Terrell Owens jersey, which is kind of weird to see in in Dallas. Uh, but this I think takes the cake. It was a shirt, a Dennis Rodman jersey. Jersey. Mm-hmm. What's a jersey? I guess is the next. It's question. it's a shirt. It's a shirt jersey. Right. It's like, okay. not a, it's, it's not cotton. even a real. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's cotton. It's like Lulu, like your, uh, like your hat there. There we go. Um, there we go. Did you see any Jeff Saturday Colts jerseys <laughs> or not is the next question. Not, not a lot. I, I actually expected, I saw about as many Peyton Manning jerseys as I did Andrew Luck, um, which was a little surprising. No, no Saturday. A Pat McAfee jersey um, that actually kind of looked game, game worn, which was sort of cool. Um, but uh, I told everyone, everyone asked because I wasn't wearing a jersey and they were like, you know, who are you rooting for? And I was like, the Cowboys by at least 11 points. 
<laughs> and uh, for, for, took- for McAfee, can a can a punter's jersey look game worn, or would that be like game worn on your couch? Right? right. It was totally untarnished, but it looked like it was a real jersey. That, that was okay. Okay. That's what it looked like. Um, all right. So we had two. Uh, you know, the game on Sunday night, kind of a joke of a game and ended up playing out as much. But the two games of of the weekend were um, let's let's start with Chiefs Bengals, because I think that's kind of the more interesting uh, result we had as one of our locks of the week uh, went two and two on the week. Although did did CD close at five and a half? Was that where his prop ended up? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, OK, he was so at we, five and a half. OK, so we missed that that one. So two and two on the locks of the week. The Chiefs at, at minus two uh, and a half were one of them. They end up obviously losing that game. The Bengals win. The Bengals now 3-0 and uh, against um, uh, in real record and against the spread against the Chiefs in their last three. The Chiefs come into this game and, and actually will en- exit this game at by far the most efficient offense. In EPA per play, get this, guys. They are averaging .145 expected points added per play. The second most explosive offense in the NFL is 0.087. That is basically double the EPA per play of the next most explosive team. That's the Eagles. Um, and then it goes Buffalo. And then the Cincinnati Bengals are in fourth. So the, the question is, you know, where do the Bengals fall in the, let's just call it the AFC? And, and how much did this game change your opinion let's start with you ben so i will say based on where i think the the buffalo bills are right now given their defensive injury situation given what we've seen from you know josh allen maybe being a little bit banged up i would have them very much on par with the buffalo bills coming out of the afc i do think i do think kansas city even though they lost to cincinnati is probably still a tier above them but there is something weird happening with the cincinnati Bengals in their matchups again uh, matchups against Kansas City that maybe we cannot quite quantify, but there is there definitely seems to be something real uh, as far as how well that they've played against them, both offensively and defensively, uh, that I think is maybe going to carry forward at least with some sort of signal as we enter in the playoff race. So I'm very comfortable, I would say, putting the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals in, in very much the same tier right below Kansas City with a nod to you know Cincinnati being very legitimate contenders to actually – beat Kansas city on their home field in the playoffs to actually get out of the AFC once again. So I, I, I like Cincinnati. I've liked them all year. I did not back them here uh, against the chiefs like you guys. Uh, but I still very much think that, you know, they are, they're they, they are very much live. I would say to get to the Super Bowl once again, in my opinion. So you have it Kansas city and in the first tier in the AFC. Is and then we got it? Then we got Bills Bengals right below, basically, okay. is how I'd have it. I'm not, and I'm not quite sure like the, the steps between the two or whatever. Uh, you know, because obviously people are going to look at this game and say, How can you ever have, uh, you, you, you know, the Bengals below Kansas City Chiefs? But uh, that's very much how I would power rank them right now. And I very much think that, you know, the, going into it, uh, I would be very nervous facing off, you know, or laying, I would say, three to three and a half. Uh, with Kansas City at home against uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs. But you, Brent? Yeah, uh, it, to me, on paper, they have fundamental issues that I thought would get exposed today, and they really didn't. I, I mean, Jadobi Ouzier goes down. They've had issues with Eli Apple all season, but I think the return of DJ Reader on the interior was present today, and I think they can win with Hendrickson, Reader, and Sam Hubbard, and what they do up front 
and then Jermaine Pratt and, and their Logan Wilson, their linebacker core is really strong. I just, I'm waiting for an issue to come forward with the secondary, particularly at outside corner. Mike Hilton's obviously a stud on the, uh, on the, in the slot, but I just thought today was going to be that day. It kind of wasn't, they were good enough up front to make it to mitigate those issues. But that to me, come playoff time against a game against the bills or another game against Kansas city, um, I just think that'll get exposed. So I have them, I have Chiefs and Bills kind of in the top. And then I would say there's a tier of, you know, Bengals. I think I would still include the Ravens in that group. They obviously beat them head to head in that AFC North division. Mm-hmm. Have not played good football and lost Lamar today, but I would put them on the same plane. Um, and then maybe probably a tier below for, you know, Chargers and, and whoever else you want to throw in there, and the Titans, those type of teams. So um, it's interesting because the Chiefs actually today had in just this game against the Bengals uh, a better EPA per play um, than the Bengals did. So, you know, how exposed were they? And that included a a shout out to our dear friend, Dr. Eric Eager, who was live for that game. And I'm just wondering, you guys know Eric well, what was Eric's reaction when his Lord and Savior MVS, and I hope Eric is uh, listening. I'm sure that he's uh, bemoaning the loss, so he's not he's not uh, he's not present. But when MBS had that drop, um, because that that was you know that was an egregious one. Now you can't. We were talking about this before the the podcast, Ben. How you can't just like look at singular plays and be like, oh, you know, this play should have happened, and therefore, because Tyler Boyd dropped a stone cold touchdown as well, right? Um, you know, and there are a lot of those plays, but. Um, you know, I guess my, so let's, let's say we're, we're thinking about Bengals chiefs meeting up again. You've now seen three, three straight games, right. Where, where this has happened. And so what do you make the spread, right? Like, okay, let's, let's say it's in, it's not going to be on a neutral field. So let's say it's in Kansas city. That's the most likely place where they would play. Um, Ben, what would you make the spread? Yeah, so I, I mentioned it before, but I think, you know, even 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 laying three and a half of Kansas City at home against Cincinnati is is not a spot that I would feel all that comfortable playing, right? So I think you go back to it and you look at, you know, where we landed here, uh, you know, with, with basically the Chiefs, I would say, kind of closing at, you know, minus one and a half, minus two in certain spots, you know, one and a half points for home field advantage, everything else considered, like, you are at that three and a half, four point spread, but uh, I think I would very much be taking it with, the Cincinnati Bengals. And it kind of goes back to, you know, what Brad said specifically with like the matchup situation in the Bengals secondary, like I expected them to miss Jadobi Awuzie today. And they very much, I would say kind of didn't, right? Like I thought Cam Taylor Britt was going to be, you know, a rookie guy that was picked on pretty heavily by Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy that has very much struggled, I would say from a PFF coverage perspective, I think he has like the 10th highest, you know, yards allowed per coverage snap since he's kind of become the starter, you know, in week eight. And he, in a lot of ways, probably had his best game as a rookie starter here and very much like wasn't exposed whatsoever. So it's like, if that's kind of the matchup that you're baking into the Chiefs being able to win, you know, against the Cincinnati Bengals, like they didn't win that here. So outside of, you know, uh, you know, Andy Reid, you know, gaining an edge or something in the play calling ability, like uh, I would be concerned about the Chiefs as a three and a half point favorite at home against the Cincinnati Bengals team right now. But you think that that's what you'd make the line? 
That's what I would. That's what I would project the line to probably close at. Okay. And I might be wrong on that. And I might be basing too much on you know this particular game in Week 13, which is going to be an afterthought by you know the conference championship round or even the, maybe the divisional championship round. But like that's that that's very much where I think it's going to be is that three and a half or four point differential. If, if it were in Kansas City this week, so I mean it would. Kansas City was two and a half point favorite in Cincinnati. Um, so you know that's kind of. What is that basically saying? Like six ish, maybe would be the, the spread. Like, what would you have said that would be in Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, you basically bake in like a half, one and a half points for moving to a neutral field and then moving outside of the neutral field one to one and a half or whatever. So, I do think you can get at you know four and a half to five, five and a half before this game, right? And then yeah. after that, like, I, I think you move it down a point just based on the fact that like Cincinnati, for all intents and purposes, I would say matched up really well against Kansas city this weekend. Yeah. Are you, are you in line with that three and a half, Brad? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think at the end of the day, if you can't get pressure on Joe Burrow, I mean, he's going to show up in the clean pocket and deliver to these receivers all day long. And that is, that is still Kansas city's fundamental flaw is not being able to generate a pass rush. So that's probably why they keep winning these games. Yeah. It was interesting because you figure, yeah, I mean, Chris Jones has been, um, the best uh, defensive tackle in the NFL uh, this year and the interior of the Cincinnati Bengals, not exactly wonderful. And so you, you were worried about that as a potential matchup, but it does seem like they do a fairly good job of, of Joe Burrow having enough time and Jamar chase. This was his first game back. I am, you know, I am tempted. So here's how I would, I would rank it. I still, one game does not a season make. And I think matchups are, are different than actually how I would power rank them. You know, I would have Kansas City one, would have Buffalo two. Um, in three, I'm I'm willing to put the the Bengals there um, because you look at the other teams that are that are the options. Tennessee, no. Baltimore, absolutely not. Miami. I mean, Miami was the team there, and we'll talk right. about them in just a second. They've got obviously some some flaws. You know, I think again, one game doesn't, but I think that's. I think it's the Miami, Cincy, Baltimore um, kind of bucket and whether you want to put Tennessee in there. And the way that I would describe them, that first bucket with Kansas City and Buffalo, those are the alphas. Okay. And then the other, they're going to be favored, I think, barring catastrophe against any any other team. And then the the rest of them are the kind of, you know, a few things have to go right, but they're capable of beating that team, right? The rest of those teams in the AFC, I mean, you get to the, the the Jets and the Patriots and the Chargers and the Raiders. And it's like, not that they couldn't win, but come on now. Um, so, you know, I, I very much, uh, three and a half sounds, sounds like it should be the line. But if it's three and a half, given what we've seen, are we not betting the Bengals in that situation? I guess that, that's kind of my question, right? Like, so, so at three and a half, which side would you take? Yeah, so I was very much on the Chiefs at minus two and a half and oh, minus yeah. two and everything all and all the way down through and it was bad and it was ugly and everything else. So like I would very much be on the Bengals because I do think like this was probably the only weekend that I haven't bet Cincinnati so far this year. And I think they're like what, like nine and three against the spread or whatever. And I would say, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the record and everything else, and everyone expecting some sort of the Super Bowl hangover curse, like they have very much in a lot of ways exceeded expectations still, right? Like they have performed above betting market expectations. And I think that they are 
Uh, and I think that's probably why the main reason why I do think they are uh, in a lot of ways on the same tier as Buffalo and very much, you know, the side that I would be betting at plus three and a half on in that given situation. I would, I would do the same and it would be still though, what I did tonight to double down, I would probably bet chiefs money line live if they went down like they did 14, three tonight. And I felt smart about that for a while. But yeah, if I was over the, over a field goal on either side, I would then sit there and wait to try to hit a middle. Um, just knowing when these two teams play, it's going to come down to who has the ball last, who can make a play late, who's going to win this game by one score. I think we're going to get that every time these teams play each other. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, you know, that that's it's the right line. Um, it's the right line, but you know, I I wonder I wonder where you would see. Um, sharp money coming on uh, if at all you know that's a that is a really tricky one but i think i'm with you guys um you know at, at three and a half the other teams and that it's interesting to think about that with say the ravens or the dolphins or i mean the dolphins i think are a really interesting one they're without teron armstead today nick bosa you know probably uh, had a nice game in terms of getting mvp i think it's 14 to 1 entering the week defensive player of the year uh not mvp um getting that award today so there was some, you know, and Jalen Waddle goes out in that game. Tua looked like he was in a, you know, complete pit of misery. They're not going to face the, the San Francisco uh, defense every single time they play. Um, but it does kind of feel like the, the the Bengals are the one team that you could make a case only being three point underdogs against um, against the the Chiefs at uh, in Arrowhead. Um, let's let's transition to the Dolphins Niners game because. <laughs> I'll uh I'll throw this out here. So I got a text. I don't get many football texts from my mom. She sent me a text. She said Niners one exclamation point. But Garofalo, G R A A F A L O and sad face. <laughs> and uh, uh that was Garofalo had about as bad a day in that text message as Brad is having with his internet in uh in true, Tennessee true, right now. True. And um you bring Brock Purdy in and you figure oh my gosh, you know, this is going to be bad. He goes 20 uh, 25 for 40. Actually had a PFF grade pending review that could have been way worse. Um right. looking like it's in the in the low 60s. Um, you know, had a pending review again, a turnover worthy play, um, did kind of what you would expect from a Niners quarterback average depth of target, just 5.8 yards down the football field, only 40, 40, uh, 44% of his yards coming, uh, through the air, 56% of them coming after the catch a little bit of a longer average time to throw than, than you might expect, um, at 2.53, uh, but all said and done for a guy that was Mr. Irrelevant not like totally terrible. So uh, Ben, I'll ask you this. Did this game tell you more about what the Niners can do with me at quarterback or more about how real uh, or not real the Dolphins are? Yeah, I think it, I think it's the first one, right? I do think that San Francisco is going to be a very quarterback friendly scheme and they're going to be able to win football games with Brock Purdy at quarterback, even, and, and kind of like you said, I think the one downside to him, especially at quarterback over Jimmy Garoppolo in this game was the three sacks or whatever. Right. And I think that was kind of the, the, the longer, the longer depth or or the longer time to throw in those sorts of things kind of playing out or whatever, and him maybe not being fully comfortable in what they were trying to execute offensively. But I still think Miami when it's all said and done can get there. I think that they very much have 
you know, a, a pretty legitimate offensive setup. I think Mike McDaniel is very much pushing all the right buttons from Tua, and maybe he didn't necessarily get, you know, the the, the top end range of Tua's output in this particular performance. Part of that, I think, is you know some some situations where interceptions kind of went off of you know wide receivers hands and obviously going to you know reflect an impact on two in a negative light but maybe shouldn't be uh you, you know a full situation where he takes the full amount of blame or something like that so i think it's more that san francisco can very much still be legitimate contenders in the nfc with brock purdy at quarterback i do think that miami is probably uh you know in my opinion the fourth best team in the afc kind of like we just power ranked before i would have them still above you know, a team like Baltimore right now, just given where both offenses are probably going to be at, especially if Lamar Jackson's not in the fold. So I'm not downweighting the Dolphins too much because I do think they are a team that very much presses uh, in a lot of situations in order to maybe not care about how the final score turns out and, and definitely tries to maximize their win probability when they actually have that potential to win the football game. And I think that's why you saw a little bit of a wider margin in this particular matchup against San Francisco. But uh, I, I think it still speaks to the fact that they can very much beat some of, if not the best teams in the NFL, uh, you know, straight up on a neutral field. So I, I like Miami, uh, but I think it definitely bumps up San Francisco quite a bit, uh, you know, from my perspective, you know, in, in relation to where I had them before this game. Brad, uh, you're back from the the Wi-Fi yes. dead zone. I'm going to ask you a slightly different question here, which is like, do you think that the Niners actually do roll, roll with Brock Purdy here? Um, and like, if so, you know, what what do you make of them given what you saw today? I don't think you can. Like you said, Mr. Irrelevant. I know he was decent today, but we've seen the young quarterback come in. No one knows who he is, what he does, what he represents. Iowa State legend got worse every year in college for some reason. Look at his PFF grades. They go the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. I think they have to look into like – claiming someone off a practice squad or finding a veteran or doing something, I don't think they can lean on Brock Purdy and, and go the rest of the way with him. But he is an interesting prospect, right? I mean, he was like a a guy they thought was going to become a dude um, and slowly just got worse and worse as time went on in college. But I will say, though, I think I learned more about the, the Niners today. I mean, they're, they're a force. They're the best team in the NFC. I think we've, we've tossed that around a little bit. I think that is the, the fact of the matter. But hmm. for Miami, they had some offensive line issues today, some injuries today, and we talked about it earlier. If Buffalo doesn't have Von Miller early in the playoffs or Gregory Rousseau isn't 100%, there isn't a team like Dallas or the 49ers in the NFC that can just annihilate you with four rushers. And, and so maybe Miami can get away with it by just outscoring AFC opponents and not having a team that can get home with four. Um, but if, it, if they are playing a team that can do that, I mean, Tua was not good today. But I also just think he hasn't really seen that. Um, I mean, the Jets game, I guess, but he missed that. He missed that game with injury, so we'll see them play it the second time. But that I think is just the difference. And and I learned a lot more about the Niners today than I think Miami. Miami to me is a mid-tier AFC team. The Niners to me, well, they got to figure out quarterback, but are the best team in the conference. So, so you're saying best team in the conference with the question mark at quarterback? Yeah, because I, I don't think it can be Purdy, but. I'm not the biggest Jimmy G guy in the world either. Like, I think they're that good of a team. It's just the trenches. They're just so much better on both sides of the ball in the trenches. And then you have the offensive mind of Kyle Shanahan. You need something at quarterback, but it doesn't seem to matter how good that player is, uh, at least to a degree. Okay, so who? So who's out there? Because, 
I mean, you think about uh, C.J. Beathard actually played today, interestingly, for the Jaguars. Um, Nick Mullins, I Nick guess. Nick Mullins could come back. We think Vikings. He's now he's on the Vikings. He's on the Vikings. So I don't know. They traded him to the or, or the Raiders traded him to the Vikings. No, it's a good point. I mean, obviously the trade deadline is passed, so it has to be someone you can just sign. I don't even know. I mean, are you like ringing up Jay Cutler? Like who who you call? Wow, Andrew Luck. <laughs> Andrew Luck or return. That would be the best situation you could ever walk into. Say, Andrew, this is the time. Wouldn't that Come be back crazy? To San Francisco. We we don't hear from Andrew Luck. Okay, so let me make this this pitch here. Okay, it's the Bay Area. Andrew Luck went to Stanford. Yep. Christian McCaffrey went to Stanford. Now they're in San Francisco. All the great offensive line, amazing uh, weapons. Andrew Luck shows up out of nowhere. And and joins that team. That would be, I think it's one of the crazier things that um, like would make sense if we were like tracing it back. There's no way Andrew Luck probably like hasn't thrown a football in three years. What about like Drew Brees? Do you give Drew Brees a call? I'd rather have Brock Purdy. <laughs> Drew Ble- Drew Brees is doing uh, marketing like spoof hits. For points points he, he got he, he struck by lightning, so he's yeah. so allegedly, this, allegedly. This is, this is a betting. This is, there's a couple of good ones in the chat that I'll mention here, but this is a betting podcast. That is whoever is running point points bet marketing deserves a raise because that sports book is like completely irrelevant, and they found a way to get in the news that their new lightning bets, their in-game lightning bets had like juiced up uh, in-game betting by more than uh, double. 108% was the was the quote that we heard. And the way they got it out there was by pretending Drew Brees got hit by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, it was only the second time that he was hit by lightning. Apparently, the thing on his face is from a, a lightning hit as well. Okay. Um, okay. The, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's some thoughts. Uh, Dave in the chat uh, said Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Steve, I mean, said that's Andy. not that bad, actually. The reunion. I mean, the, the the tough thing is that I think Shanahan is going to look. Shanahan, I think, would rather have like a Brock Purdy who's just going to run. You know, he'll take anybody that'll just run his offense, right? I think that's why we, you know, sort of have the the Garoppolo, um, you know, why, why we don't feel like they've fallen. I'm not quite with you, Brad. I, I think that quarterback matters too much in the playoffs. Um, so I would still have, um, I would go Philly, Dallas, and then the Niners. Um, just cause I, I mean, look, I know that Jimmy isn't amazing. Hell, a lot better than Brock Purdy is. How would you power rank the NFC, Ben? <laughs> I do think it's I do think it's Eagles Cowboys given the Jimmy Garoppolo injury situation. I would have both of them uh, ahead of San Francisco. Outside of that, I do think San Francisco definitely is in the next tier. Uh, and then I think it's like Minnesota, basically Minnesota is kind of it. So I do think I do think after tonight's performance, like Dallas can very much dominate the trenches, and I th- think they probably have the best quarterback in the NFC right now as well. And I think that's going to, you know, help them win a lot of football games that a lot of people maybe don't project them to win. So I think it's probably Dallas is going to get out of the NFC if I was going to pick it right now. But uh, I I think Philadelphia is the only other team that could potentially match up well enough with them, you know, in the trenches 
uh, and the quarterback position to potentially knock them off. So those, those are the two teams I like. I've been lower on San Francisco though, than, you know, both of you guys, both, both the betting market and everyone else too. So uh, I'm willing to be wrong on that, but I do think they are definitely, you know, a tier below with Brock Purdy or Colin Kaepernick or whoever else they're going to have a quarterback come, you know, the, the NFC playoff time, I would say. But with Andrew Luck, they're Super Bowl favorites. Let's just Super be with Big Ben. With Big Ben, they're in the mix. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That was not the name I was hoping to hear. <laughs> not the one I was looking for. Um, yeah, let's let's avoid that one. I'd rather have, like, Eli Manning come back. Not, bad. Um, not a terrible option either. Uh, ben, you've been fantastic as usual. I, I've heard a rumor that you're going to be hopping on VEASAN here late this evening, and you will be talking Vikings. So I encourage anyone out there that wants to hear some real talk about the Vikings who covered today. Thank God. They did cover. No doubt. Never a doubt either, right? I mean, like, never, never really what a do they doubt. Want from them? <laughs> I mean, and and you are always living dangerously when you're playing Mike White. So right. um, they overcame that. Um, PFF underscore Ben Brown. Always a fantastic follow. Get his great content on the PFF app and PFF.com. Ben, have a great rest of your evening, brother. All right. We're going to guess the week 14 lines here in just a second. As I just mentioned, go to PFF.com and the PFF app. Get yourself a PFF subscription just in time. PFF Plus for the fantasy playoff run or the actual playoff run where you can bet on all games and player props using PFFs betting and fantasy tools plus get all of the exclusive written content across fantasy betting and in-depth analysis from all of the wonderful content creators at pff um so go jump on the app you can find on the uh, ios store by searching pff or at pff.com also uh bro throw if you are in a place where you can't bet legally on sports online uh, go to brothrow.com slash PFF. It is uh, no VIG. So you bet $100, you win $100. And you do that by betting with other people. So you find someone who is willing to bet, take the other side of your bet, you bet with them, and then they pay you uh, when you win on Venmo or Cash App or whatever. Um, I can vouch for it. It actually works. I was kind of skeptical and tried it out. And I was like, see if I get paid here. And I got paid uh, every single time. So Growthroad.com slash PFF to sign up. You need that link because uh, they're not just letting anybody on right now. So go hit up that link. And then last but not least, our friends at Western and Southern Financial. Uh, unless you're living under a rock, you've probably seen that the economy is a little shaky. So you might want to have a game plan for the future and how to make sure your money is in the best possible spot, whether you're trying to start a family, wondering how that you're going to buy your first home, uh, trying to figure out life insurance, investment, retirement solutions, whatever it is. It's best to have a game plan. So go to Western and Southern by going to westernsouthern.com slash PFF to get your custom-built game plan started right now. All right, week 14. I can't believe it's actually week 14. Um, Arjun is here. Brad is in and out. He just, like, I, I think he just decided, he was like, you know what? It was kind of a rough week last week for us. I'm out. Um, so we'll see if we can get Brad back. We're going to march on as we do every single week. We guess the lines, and uh, then we decide, based on what the actual line is, whether we're going to bet it or not. It was a rough week last week. We had a couple of birds in the Falcons and the Seahawks. Those did not – we got wonderful closing line value. Wonderful. Unfortunately, the Seahawks couldn't actually cover against Josh Warford. Um, really, the only thing that I got right in, in looking uh, – 
back at it, which is very surprising, were the Minnesota Vikings and the Denver Broncos. Um, and uh, felt like a complete moron other than that. Um, so we'll we'll wipe that slate clean, Arjun, and we'll move on to week 14. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Definitely didn't have the greatest week with spread picks, but I still can't tell if my picks were as bad as Brad's Wi-Fi right now. So it, it's we, hard. We bounce back. The Wi-Fi isn't, so... <laughs> It is hard to be. My picks last week were worse than the Wi-Fi. I'm confident in that assessment. Yeah, so I went two and four. Uh, Brad one and three. Arjun two and five. Uh, I'm still uh, marching forward with a record of 30, 20, and two. Uh, Brad 23, 21, and two. And Arjun 21, 20, and three. This is this is uh, no better time to turn around. Unlucky week number 13, let's call it that. All right, right. we'll start off with Thursday evening. Uh, and on Thursday evening, we have the Las Vegas Raiders playing the Los Angeles Rams. This will be once again without Matthew Stafford, I believe also without Cooper Cup. I'm guessing without uh, – without uh, it is without Aaron Donald as well. So very banged up Rams team. Arjun, we'll start with you. Um, so I, I made this Raiders minus five. Yeah, I had Raiders minus four and a half. I had Raiders minus five and a half, and it is Raiders minus five and a half. Arjun, what are you doing with this? Yeah, I, I'm i going to lay off. The, the Rams are a little bit spunky today, came out a little bit uh, better than I thought. Um, you know, Raiders and Seahawks, both similar defenses, both are pretty bad. Rams had some success moving the ball. They will be at home on a short week, so kind of tough to back the Raiders. It feels like at their peak right now, coming off three straight wins, so – um, you know, I feel like this could be a a good uh, you know good spot for the Rams to cover. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna lay off this one. Yeah, I, I want to bet the Raiders, and I think the fact I want to bet them is why I'm not going to. I mean, we talked about it. They were seventh in EPA per play coming into today. They are fundamentally a very good offense, even with the injuries they've had. Their defense is atrocious, but has played much better of late. I just I I, I agree with Arjun 100 where you're buying. You're buying at an absolute high. You're, you're buying, you know, Sam Bankman freed at a peak right now. I, I, I don't think I can do it. I think I got to lay up. We need to do a whole podcast on Sam Bankman freed That guy's uh, – you don't want to be compared to Sam Bankman freed but I think it's it's Never. fair. Never. Uh, by the way, this being played in Los Angeles, I would hypothesize there will be a lot more Raiders fans in L.A. than there will be Rams fans for this game. Nothing fades away faster than fans in Los Angeles when your team starts to suck. It, it basically, unless you're the Lakers, and even the Lakers um, can start a little bit. I, I'm laying off this one as well. I, I think, um, you know, it, if I had to pick this game, I will take the Rams at home uh, with Sean McVay over Josh McDaniels, uh, catching five and a half. All right. Uh, Sunday morning uh, or Sunday early slate. We'll start with Cleveland at Cincinnati. So... I made this Browns plus six. I had Cincy laying five and a half. I have the Cincinnati Bengals by five. And it is Cincy by four and a half is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I really do like the the Bengals in this spot. I, I was kind of fading the Bengals all offseason. Uh, just worried about Joe Burrow, but he's he's really impressed me, like to the point where I feel comfortable backing him in this spot. Um, beating the Chiefs, you know, at home obviously is a big thing, and 
Now they'll get the Browns at home. Deshaun Watson didn't look that good today against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They couldn't run the ball against one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. Um, and Bengals getting a guy like DJ Reader back, who I don't think they had in the Week 9 matchup, is, is also big for the rushing attack of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt with that interior offensive line. And Bengals have their full receiver core back, and that's something they didn't have in the Browns game. So I think Bengals roll in this game. I love them at four and a half, and you know I think that's one of my favorite spots this weekend. Yeah, Watson was horrific today. I remember looking at one point there were, I think the Browns had 24 points and none of them were on offense. It was like a punt return, a fumble recovery, and maybe another fumble recovery, and then they kicked the field goal. It, I still, though, we talked earlier about how the Chiefs just some reason cannot beat the Bengals. Joe Burrow has never beat the Browns in his, his young career in Cincinnati. They just do not match up well. I think it's an issue of Miles Garrett can take over games, and then they have the outside corner duo with Denzel Ward and, and Greg Newsom now on the outside. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay off this one as much as I do like it. I, I just it's just it has not been a matchup that's worked out for Cincinnati. Yeah, I actually like. I like it the other way, right? I, I like the um I like the Browns. The problem is can't do it. Absolutely can't do it. Um Bill Cosby could have played better out there than than uh Deshaun Watson did. Um today. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Um and um yeah, I'd rather I'd rather just like I don't know buy buy myself something than bet on the Cleveland Browns going forward. So even though I, I think they're the right side here, you know, if you just kind of wipe away all the other stuff, um, that they're the right side here in this in this spot. Um, but I'm gonna lay off as well. Philly um and New York, a little NFC East battle in New York, Giants Eagles. Uh what do you make this, Sergeant? So I went Eagles minus seven. I had Eagles minus six and a half. I had Eagles minus six and a half as well. I couldn't push it all the way to seven. Uh, I am seeing um, Eagles by six and a half minus 115. So it's kind of in between the three of us. Arjun, what are you doing with this? Um, I, I love this as a teaser leg uh, for like if we want to tease it with something else. I mean, I could honestly like it at the minus seven. There is no one on this Giants team without a Dory Jackson that's going to guard A.J. Brown, who had an absurd day today against the Titans and Terry McLaurin. 100 yards in a touchdown against this Giants secondary. I think the Eagles offense rolls. I just I get a little bit worried about their run defense against Saquon Barkley, but I do like teasing this down to minus one and teasing it with something else. Could not agree more. Yeah, I love this as a teaser leg. I think they'll win the game, but I, I struggle to get to a full touchdown in MetLife. Um, but at the same time, you get Giants coming off a full 10-minute overtime. Uh, that, that A tie in the NFC Beast was what we all needed. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep an eye out for a teaser like to pair with Philadelphia. Yeah, I think, uh, again, I, I hate to say this, but I tend to agree with everything here. I mean, I did, I still do feel that, that Philly is the best, the best team in the NFC, um, better than the Cowboys, better than the Niners with, with Brock Purdy. Um, but six and a half on the road in the division is a lot. Um, it, it is. And the Giants were down in that game against Washington, came back. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm laying off and I'm not even sure if I had, you know, if I had to choose a side of this that I, I think I would choose, uh, I would take the Giants at home, uh, getting six and a half there. It's 
much as I hate that. Uh, Jets and Mike White go to Buffalo to play the Bills. Arjun? I made this Jets plus eight and a half. I had Jets plus ten. Jets plus 10 as well, and it is uh, Bills, or, or I should say Jets plus 9.5, minus 106, Bills minus 9.5, minus 114. So, again, pretty close to what we have here. Yeah, I I know I'm shorter on this line, but, yeah, I don't I don't really feel comfortable betting the Jets here. For, for a large portion of that game, they were losing by double digits to the Vikings, to the Vikings. Um, Bills, you know, kind of steamrolled the Patriots. It feels like they're gaining some traction now, especially after their win on Thanksgiving. So I don't really feel comfortable on um, betting either side of this. For the Vikings to have McCorkle look as good as he did against their defense, like we know who Mike White is, but he was bad today. Mm-hmm. Um, really bad. And, and so that makes me think, you know, uh, are the Bills going to do what they just did to the Patriots this week on Thursday, which is basically just – Mac Jones could not throw the ball beyond five yards, and then they have a solid enough run defense and just shut you down and win in a similar fashion. Win this game 24-10 type of game. Um, I would lean Buffalo here, even even with a big number. They beat him already, good defensive line, all those things. Um, I'm gonna wait till the Deion Dawkins injury news comes out because I think that did bother them against against New England. Um, uh, but I would lean Buffalo here. I mean, Mike White is terrible. We we knew that. I, I while I'm with you. The Jets' defense is like pretty good, and I know defense is less predictable uh, than offense. Um, but you know, without Von Miller, um, you know, as as bad as Mike White was, he wasn't Zach Wilson bad. So that means there's a chance for them to cover. Um, so I'm I'm gonna lay off this one as well. Baltimore Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, Arjun. Um, okay, I, I feel like I'm going to be off market here, but I made this Ravens minus one. And is this, uh, are we assuming Tyler Huntley here? Yes. Yeah, so I was going to preface that I'm also assuming Tyler Huntley, and I actually made it Ravens plus two. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm assuming Tyler Huntley. I went Ravens by three. I, I am a Tyler Huntley believer. It is oh, wow. Steelers minus one and a half here. Although I should say juiced in the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, I. So here's the thing: I think Lamar Jackson's great. I think, you know, there's few quarterbacks who kind of like are the engine of their offense more than Lamar. But I also think that Tyler Huntley's one of the best backups in the NFL. And like last year, the Ravens did see a little bit of a downgrade, but I don't think Huntley's like that bad to where he can't beat the Steelers team. I mean it's it's a tough one divisional game on the road but i think i think hunley like if he has a full week to prep knowing he's the starter ravens are one of the smartest teams in the nfl and can put him in a position to succeed i think i think the ravens get it done so i i like them what was the line minus one or plus one and a half for the ravens Mm -hmm. yeah plus one and a half so the Steelers' defense, which is interesting, are top ten in EPA per rush allowed, and actually fourth in success rate against the run. Um, both against top ten against scrambles and design rushes. So a very good run defense on the season, which gives me pause. Um, you know whether it's Lamar Jackson or Huntley, obviously that's going to be the focal point. But this is a spot where I think we're also maybe buying high, or or, or the market is now overcorrected towards Pittsburgh. I'm going to tease Philadelphia with the Ravens here. So. 
Philadelphia down to a half. Ravens up to plus 7.5. Like, I like the – I was going to say this. I, I love the Ravens teaser. Like, I think Tyler Huntley is about as good of a backup as you can have. Now, here were some of his – I say that. Here are some of the data points for him last year. He had three big-time throws and eight turnover-worthy plays on, uh, let's see, 245 dropbacks. In case anyone is wondering, that's not good. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that his PFF grade in, on this 245 dropbacks was 62. Um, so, honestly, could have been way worse. Like, with that big-time throw-to-turnover-worthy play ratio, it probably should have been way worse. The, remember here, though, the Ravens, when Tyler Huntley was playing, were banged up as all hell. So um, I am I think that this is saying the market feels Kenny Pickett is significantly better than Tyler Huntley. I'm going to go ahead and fade that noise, and uh, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Ravens here. But I love the teaser, uh, Brad. I, I think I'm hesitant uh, to tease Philly, so we'll see what other uh, teasers come out here. Um, Houston. And the Cowboys in Dallas, Arjun. Um, I I went Cowboys minus seventeen. <laughs> I love it. I really don't blame you at all. I went uh, fourteen. Cowboys minus fourteen and a half. I I had seventeen and a half. <laughs> um, I mean Houston is the the Browns. The Browns defense stinks, and they looked like the eighty five Bears on the steroids that liver King is taking today. So it is Cowboys minus 16 and a half minus 115. So yeah, the thing with the Cowboys is they're, I would arguably say the best team in the NFL right now at extending leads. So once they go up nine or 10, 14, they'll push that lead out. Like they have no mercy. We saw that today where they dropped what 33 points in the final quarter, right? Like they really don't give a shit about, the mercy rule or whatever, like they will keep piling on points. So seven, 16 and a half seems like the right number. That's, that's a lot of points. Um, so I'm going to lay off there, but it, I think that is like the perfect line for this game. It's a very good point though. When you're talking about betting in these big spreads I mean, their defensive line is so good, but also so deep to where you see Sam Williams, the rookie come in or Darren Armstrong or, or, you know, insert player here and they keep just piling on the points. Yeah. 33, nothing. The record for folks wondering is 41 points in a quarter. I had to Google that. The Rams did it back in 1950. Um, yeah, it's, I'm not going to bet it. It's just it's a massive spread. But I'm telling you, I am not convinced Houston is trying to win football games right now. No, but they're I don't not. think they are. They're they're definitely not. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to lay off only because um, the you know the the tendency I think for people to get really excited about the um about the cowboys here but yeah that's not gonna be good um jacksonville tennessee in tennessee jags jags owe us one okay i don't, I don't know how we got bamboozled tage seth came on this here podcast and told us look the lions are not gonna be able to figure it out after that near uh victory against buffalo and it turns out the team that was unable to handle any sort of type of competitive game were the jaguars we had a competitive game. They ended up winning. Um, Trevor Lawrence gets hurt in that game. Um, Tennessee also got their teeth kicked in against the Eagles. So I'm curious where you guys have this, Arjun. Um, I made this Jaguars uh, plus three and a half. I had Tennessee minus four. 
Yeah, Tennessee minus four as well. And it is um, it is Tennessee minus three and a half, minus 114. So uh, done a very nice job of predicting the market thus far, which means that there are not a lot of bets to be made. But Arjun, what are you doing with this? Yeah, I lost too much money on the Jags today, betting them pregame, betting them plus seven and a half, plus 14 and a half. I, I just thought the Lions defense <laughs> would break and, you know, it just didn't. Jags just couldn't get anything going. I, this is a tough matchup for them. I mean, Titans are one of the best at stopping the run, forcing the Jags into these like expected pass situations. And then, I don't know, the, the Jags receivers have had their moments, but like, do we really trust them against a pretty solid Titan secondary, which always overperforms? I don't know. Jaguars going on the road for this game, and they just could not get off the field on third down, which scares me. Like, they just like this defense has been bad for weeks now, and that, I think this could be a great get right game for like Derrick Henry and the rest of this Titans offense. Yeah, we also, you know, we don't know the full extent of Lawrence. Obviously, came back in the game, but their defense has been really, really bad. They were top ten in EPA per play a lot of the first month. They are bottom five since, um, and it's not really injury related. They've just been bad. Um, I, I'm tempted to take Tennessee here, but I've, I've been fading them all year and don't really believe in them either. So I'm going to lay off here. I got to get some bets on the board, but it's an AFC here, South man. Classic. We we got coming here. <laughs> I, I am um, sort of tempted to, to roll with the Titans. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. I'm rolling with the Titans. They're not that bad of a team. Um, the Jaguars, on the other hand, this matchup concerns me. Um, Jeffrey Simmons in the middle against that Jaguars defensive uh, offensive line um, and a little bit of a banged up Trevor Lawrence. Um this that this is just this classic AFC South Tennessee Titans Rumble Fest, and I feel like I owe the printing press here. So you know, let's let's get it back on track. Minnesota Detroit, the Lions are officially in the hunt. I am very interested with what you guys made this line. I went back and forth and back and forth, Arjun. Um, so I made this Vikings minus one. I had minus one and a half. I have this as a pick. <laughs> um, it's in Detroit. The Vikings are fine, but like, I think we're lying to ourselves. We think they're really um, a team as good as their record. It is, uh, let's see here. It is Vikings by one and a half. That is minus 104. The Lions plus one and a half is minus 118. Yeah, so I will be betting the Lions in this spot. I feel like I might be buying them high, but I, I don't know. I've seen enough from this offense to where, like, I really do believe in what they're doing. They're going to get Jameis, hopefully integrate Jameis and Williams back a little bit more. On In addition to that, I will be betting every Amon St. Brown over there is in this game. The Vikings for weeks now have struggled to contain number one receivers. Um, Stephon Diggs going for over 100. Garrett Wilson at 163. Devontae Parker, 80. Um, CeeDee Lamb. Had it not been a blowout, would have gotten more yards. I think he ended he ended at 45. Like the Vikings just can't slow down number one receivers. And I don't know. I I think their game today, like obviously a lot of people thought the Jets should have won, but I think the Vikings actually had an okay day. But I think Lions match up very well in this game. And, um, you know, I, I do like them in this spot at home. Super underrated, too. They get Jameis Williams back, which obviously is a huge deal. But Romeo Aquara is the best pass rusher on the Lions, right? And they get him back, and no one's talking about it. 
I'd be lying if I said I paid attention to him specifically today. I didn't go back and watch him play, but I mean, it's a massive addition midseason on top of JMO. Um, they're another teaser leg for me, though. I don't know if I'm taking the money line, but another teaser leg. I don't think they're going to lose this game by more than a touchdown at home. Yes, I love the teaser here for the Lions. Um, getting them out to, to seven and a half, I will tease that with the Baltimore Ravens uh, out to seven and a half as well. Found, I found it. Found the teaser that's going to resurrect us um, after last week's teaser, which she'll, she'll go unnamed because the Jaguars were a part of it. You know, it's interesting that the Lions, predictably so, have started to play well once it was like, okay, well, you guys suck, actually. <laughs> and like, everyone was like, ah, I mean, the Lions are kind of cute. Are they going to be, you know, competitors this year? And it's like, oh, no, the Lions suck. And then as soon as everyone says the Lions suck, it's like, no, nope, now it's time for us to get people a little bit excited, just a tip, just for a second, just to see how it feels. Um, I don't think the wheels come off in this game, is what I'm saying. Kansas City, Denver. The Denver Broncos almost won a football game today. Uh, Lamar Jackson <laughs> got hurt. Um, the, the Denver Broncos also almost scored um, 10 points, which was super impressive. I think that the, the Denver Broncos scored about as many points as there were points scored in the World Cup uh, today. It was just <laughs> supremely impressive. Um, this is in Denver, the site of uh, Patrick Mahomes' first start ever in the NFL. Arjun? Yeah, I went, I went Chiefs minus eight. I had Chiefs minus nine and a half. I had Chiefs. I, I thought I could make this bigger. I ended up going Chiefs uh, eight and a half. But you could have told me this would be 10 and a half, 11. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it is It is eight and a half. Yeah, so the thing – so I'm not betting the spread in this game. I did want to highlight Broncos are 10 and one to the under this year, which is, is really crazy. And the total for this game is 42 and a half. Like, I wonder if someone in the chat or like on Twitter can like find if that's the lowest total for any Patrick Mahomes game ever that isn't in like non-playable conditions. I don't know if there's ever been a game for Mahomes like that. But the Broncos, like they just keep games under number one because Russell Wilson can't move the ball or score. But two, like their their defense, while I think has regressed a little bit, like is still very good. Um, so. I feel like if anything, the under would be the play here just to keep it rolling. It is on FanDuel 42 and a half shades towards the under. But uh, it's, yeah, that's like the only like major bet I would have on this game. It's interesting. I, I mean, you want to bet like Kansas City motivated coming off a loss, but I'm not sure I like that angle. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, as bad as Denver is, it's just when the total, you know, your total makes me not want to take Kansas City minus eight and a half with a total of 42 and a half on the road. So I'm probably laying off this one as well. Low total, much better team. Tease me, tease me, baby. Uh, Chiefs down to two and a half. I mean, the Broncos have a nice defense, um, but uh, I think Kansas City can put up 14 points, in which case they should have no problem uh, figuring out how to, how to cover the teaser of two and a half. Um, so, uh, I'm adding that by the way, the, uh, the total of 42 and a half is very low. It pales in comparison to the total of the upcoming game that we we're going to talk about, which is bucks Niners. So we're going to get, uh, Tom Brady is going to come back to San Francisco, get to, to play the team he's going to play for 
next year in San Francisco. So it should be a fun one. Arjun, uh, the total is 37 and a half. What are you making? That's oh, so wow. hilarious. What are you making the uh, the spread in this one? Yeah, I went Bucks plus three. I went Niners minus four and a half. So Brock Purdy is oh, going to be. It's going to be. Purdy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was a pre Purdy. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. It, it, I mean, I think it's right that San Francisco. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I made it San Francisco by one and a half. Um, I mean, it's Brock freaking Purdy. Come on. <laughs> how much, how much, uh, how much are we going to give Kyle Shanahan here? I mean, that is, that is ridiculous. It is, it is Niners by three and it's minus one twelve. Look, this, this Buccaneers offense is terrible. Like I, I think so for the first like four or five weeks on the year, I was like kind of like giving them some time. Like Brady, you know, had his offseason things, figuring it out, lie betting them at times, losing money on them. And I think we're at a point 13 weeks in the season where we can just say this is a bad offense, putting up 17 points against the Browns with pretty much your entire plethora of weapons healthy. That is like unacceptable if you're Tom Brady or the play caller. The Niners shut down possibly the most explosive, possibly the, even the best offense in the league when fully healthy, even though they were missing their top two tackles. The Niners had one of their best defensive performances of the year, and I think they do a, they will do a very good job of like taking away Brady's uh, looks and his weapons. Um, I don't know. I, I think the under is probably the only play here, but I don't I don't really feel comfortable betting a side because if I bet the side, I think it's going to push since I'll probably take the Niners. Well, you mentioned missing tackles. So Tristan Wirfs is not going to play in this game. So that is a mm-hmm. massive loss uh, for the Buccaneers, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think the under – we laughed about the 34 or 34 and a half for Denver, Carolina, and the under cashed with zero sweat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I honestly think the 37 and a half – I think the under here is, is the play, if anything. Yeah, the Tristan Wirfs thing is terrifying. Um, am I really – so – Here's what I'll say about this. I'm going to the the Bucks play in New Orleans Monday night. We're t- obviously taping this on Sunday night. I'm going to wait for that game. I think that the Bucks are going to play like dog shit as they always do against the New Orleans Saints. So I wonder if this moves out three and a half, four, and I'm going to grab it. But if I'm going to get, I don't care if. I'm playing tackle for Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady versus Brock Purdy. I am taking Tom Brady. Um, Carolina, Seattle. In Seattle. Who the hell is starting a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers here? I, I made this line as if it was going to be Sam freaking Donald. But is it PJ? Are we going back PJ Walker? What's the story, Brad? I could not tell you. I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. They're just trying to get yeah, some, what get I some juice too. out of the squeeze. Yeah. yeah, you have to. Arjun, what do you make this? Uh, I went Seahawks minus six. I had Seattle minus five and a half. Yeah, it's Seattle minus six and a half, and it is uh, five and a half. Yeah, I just want to, you know, I want to just rant. So we got, by midweek, we had about like 20% of, 20% closing line value on the Seahawks minus four and a half. That was like <laughs> such a, my, one of my favorite plays, even before the Aaron Donald news. Moves out to minus eight, gets bets down to six and a half. 
and I mean, Seahawks were about to lose that game outright. Like I was just like so like triggered about how that game went on, and like I just I just didn't expect John Wolford and Cam Akers to do what they did against that defense. So I, I'm kind of like over the Seahawks. Like yeah, they had their magical run, but like you know why you could have covered this game and, and made it a, a fun week for me. So I'm just I'm just gonna lay off. <laughs> Classic, like you blew my my elite CLV play, so you're dead to me. We, we've all been there. Yeah, I mean, I think their defense has been exposed. I talked about this on the radio today. The first month of the season, they were second to last uh, ahead of only Detroit in EPA per play. And they had this stretch of good play for five or six weeks. But you go back and look at the quarterbacks they played, and yes, they played John Wolford today. But it kind of paints the picture of were they playing much better football or were they just playing worse quarterbacks? And I think the answer is the latter. So at the same time, I'm still kind of tempted here. I mean, Carolina is just so, so bad. And they're not going to stress the Seattle Seahawks defense in through the air at all. And that's kind of what teams have been doing uh, besides the great Cam Akers. Uh, I need to get some bets in. So I'll t- I'm, I'm going to take Seahawks. I'm going to take the Seahawks in a bounce back here. They didn't cover. People like Arjun are pissed off at them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to now hop back on them and, and take them uh, less than six. Uh, I'm not going to bet this one. I, I like Arjun. I'm still smarting from this debacle of a Seahawks uh, result. But um, in the chat, I've been notified that the great Josh Johnson signed by San Francisco. Josh Perfect. Johnson. That Perfect. is – now that that's the that's the savior. I I mean I'll say this I'll be picking him up in fantasy, um, but uh, yeah that makes me a little more confident in, in the Niners' future. Miami got flexed into Sunday night with uh, the Chargers. This one is in Los Angeles. Um, the, the expectation is that Tua is playing in this game. I don't know about Waddle or Armstead though, Brad. What what did you uh, what do you know there? Yeah, my understanding is Waddle is less injured or less at risk than, than Armstead. Um, but Armstead's a warrior and has played through a lot. So it could be both, but it could also be maybe just Waddle. Okay. Uh, Arjun, what'd you make? Uh, <laughs> I went Dolphins minus five. <laughs> I knew it was going to How How did I know I that tell, was going to happen? I will tell you why. I will tell yeah, you why. Can't yeah, wait. Yeah, you'll tell us why at the end. Yeah, we know why. Uh, <laughs> I will say, I will say, due to feds that they're giving you a hard time. I had it at Miami minus four, and then after the game today, I did a George, and I pulled them down to minus, Miami minus two and a half. You're smart. Um, that's what I did as well. Um, I have Miami minus two and a half. That's the right line, um, and uh, that's what it is. Although it is, it is um, juiced a little bit here. So Chargers plus two and a half minus one fourteen. Um, Arjun, go ahead. Tell tell yeah. the people why the Los Angeles football superchargers slash clippers are such frauds. This is this is gonna be my biggest play of the season. Like I, I bet this like before recording. Like I had to take a peek at this line just because like I want I needed to bet it. Mm-hmm. Look, the Chargers, for all the expectations they had, are a bad football team. Their point differential is worse than the Carolina freaking Panthers and Atlanta Falcons. And they have Justin Herbert at quarterback. What a pull. They just lost to the Oakland Raiders, who were 4-7 and seven heading into this game by seven points. Should have been a 14-point loss, except Justin Herbert's an alien and threw a 40-yard touchdown like on a rope. 
outside of the pocket to Keenan Allen, where maybe only two other quarterbacks can make that throw. They go up against the Dolphins defense that loves to blitz. This Chargers defense just allowed Chandler Jones to sack Justin Herbert two times. Heading into this game, Chandler Jones had 0.5 sacks on the season. Him and Max Crosby combined for 18 pressures. And former Chargers legend, bust Jerry Tillery had four pressures in this game. If Corey Lindsley does not play in this game, Justin Herbert is going to end up on the ground 10 plus times unless something magically happens with this offensive line. Keenan Allen had little to no separation against Amik Robertson in the slot, which is very discouraging. And this Chargers defense sucks. <laughs> After, outside of the pick six, Derek Carr averaged 0.21 EPA per play. And Josh Jacobs had a, a positive EPA per rush on the ground. Tua was bad today, but I've seen like I've given him credit that he's looked good for most of the year. The Chargers Chargers have a top five missed tackle rate on run plays and passing plays. And now they go up against one of the best teams in terms of forcing missed tackles, even though the Dolphins aren't big aren't big on yak. There is literally no advantage for the Chargers in this game except they have the better quarterback. They have their the Dolphin scheme better than the Chargers scheme. They will, I think they're they're gonna roll. I hope that handicap helps some people in the chat because I I just don't see a way that the Chargers win this game at all. That was an absolute masterpiece because you still managed to get a couple Herbert you know boosts in there, <laughs> which are warranted. That throw the throw was a seed Keenan Allen today. Um, but yeah, the the Tua versus Herbert. Reply guy bowl revenge game of the year coming up on uh, Saturday Night Football. I'm with you though. I'm with you. I, I agree. If Lindsay doesn't play, Christian Wilkins has become an underrated player. Bradley Chubb was more involved today. They were moving him around a little bit along the defensive line. I think he did end up with a sack. I know he had a couple quarterback hits in this in the game today. Um, it is not a good matchup for the Chargers in any way, shape, or form. Mike McDaniel attacks the middle of the field better than anyone in the NFL. The Chargers obviously and Brandon Staley play a ton of quarter quarter half and cover two and play a lot of too high safety, um, the physicality up front, all those things. It's just it's just not a good matchup. Even if there are some minor Dolphins injuries, I I, I will ride with you on this one, Arjun. I uh, I was excited for the, for this breakdown from you. There's no there's no other way. But by the way, I feel like we should ask um, OpenAI's Chat GPT, which hopefully everyone here has seen. <laughs> To describe the Los Angeles Chargers because I wonder if they get it, you know, are they woke to the way that people treat the Chargers? I would love to hear that from them. I'm joining you. There's no other way. We can't, you know, we win and we lose as a team, and um, we've got a we've got a ride here on this one. Um, <laughs> the Panthers point differential, Panthers Falcons point differential is, is the one that got me. That's just incredible. Patriots Cardinals on Monday night football closes out week 14. Arjun, would you make the spread? I went Patriots minus one. Same here. I have the New England Patriots. Uh, what do I have it? Oh, uh, by one and a half. Um, and it is, uh, it is Patriots by one and a half, but juiced, uh, Minus 105, so Cardinals plus one and a half is minus 115. Archon? Do you think this would be a good teaser leg for the Cardinals or no? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, I don't uh, I don't have that same kind of, I don't know, fear of the, the Patriots defense. And um, 
uh, you know, the, the obviously everyone's going to talk about the Belichick struggling with running quarterbacks narrative, but I just think that the Cardinals offense, like with Kyler and, and DeAndre Hopkins is solid. I don't, I don't mind it either, uh, Arjun. I, I mean, JJ Watt also is going to demoralize Cole Strange. Or if David Andrews can't play at center, the interior has had some some shakiness the last couple of weeks. So I, I, I like the, the teaser leg. All righty, I guess we're, I guess we're aligned there. Does anyone want to bet the spread? No, I. Sounds like. I mean, there are like statistical like advantages for the Cardinals. Like Hopkins and Marquise Brown are probably better than whatever the Patriots are going to throw at them, but. But also, like, I know Belichick's, like, coaching advantage has kind of gone down in recent years. But him versus Kingsbury, like, I don't really, like, I don't know. Like, that seems like something that Belichick would be able to take advantage of. Um, but, I mean, this Patriots offense is just so bad. And, like, I don't know I don't know if the Cardinals are the right defense to like, kind of expose them. But, um, I don't, yeah, it's just, like, a weird game. So, I only, I only feel comfortable make, uh, betting that it's, it's going to be a one-score game. I'm with you guys there. Um, all right. That is week 14. Uh, we'll go right up our favorite picks and uh, you can find those on PFF's app and PFF.com. If you're listening to this on a Monday, it's probably already up there. And if you were joining us live, members of the printing press, we love you and appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will see you on Wednesday evening. <laughs>